What's up, witches? I'm Taylor. And I'm Amber. And, and this, this is Waking Up, up the witch. witch. We're your neighborhood witches. Each week, we talk about all things witchy and connect with other humans in a storytelling format about navigating life on this floating rock. We're two curious ladies trying to understand the human experience, but while we do that, we think it's important to honor the people that lived here before us and honor the cultures and traditions that we're being inspired by. This podcast is about waking up the witch, which means we are learning and growing every day. That being said, we are always open to feedback on how we can do better. The views and opinions of our guests don't necessarily reflect the views and opinions of waking up the witch. Now, let's go ghouls! <laughs> <laughs> hey amber <laughs> hey taylor how's it going pretty good how are you fine <laughs> it's the most fiery fine <laughs> i've ever heard out of you i am fine let's talk about it <laughs> i'm just crabby feisty today no reason. That's okay. You're pregnant and it's the middle of July and so people listening. have been crazy. Also, it's the new moon in Cancer. Keep that in mind. Curtis last night was like, what is it, a full moon or new moon? And I'm like, a new moon? Why do you care? And how do you know? I still See, don't like, know what he wants. Judge by your that. moods. Maybe. No, he was no. talking about himself. Oh. Jumping, walking around naked. I don't know. What should I do? Um, I'm uh, still not sorry. sure why he asked that question. But <laughs> um, what am I mad about? Nothing. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's okay. Today we're allowed to have feelings. Oh, okay. I know what I was about to say. So. I'm listening to Dixie's episode right now, and I'm like, I can't wait to go do summer music and camping and blah blah. I don't want to do any of that. <laughs> Tried it, don't I was like say, it. You did try it. Um, <laughs> not for me right now. <laughs> so, just an update on that. Not going outside. Um, no, it's been a hundred degrees like all week. Honestly, I was like, I'm hot inside places. Yeah, so sweaty all the time. I was so excited for summer and all the summer fun things. And now all I want is fall and I can't stop obsessing about it. And I just want pumpkin things and orange things. <laughs> I need everybody like that to slow fucking down right now I because I am having a baby then and I'm not ready yet. <laughs> so if everybody could just sit you in know, the heat, we can and still shut up. enjoy fall themed things while we wait for baby to cook a little longer. <laughs> That's not going to make it cooler outside. <laughs> I can pretend, okay? I made it 65 degrees in here yesterday at work so that I could wear a sweater. <laughs> yeah i keep my house cool because i like blankets i love pants. blankets yeah <laughs> allison's like you need some good shorts i said no <laughs> i don't wear shorts in my house no, i wear I love, socks <laughs> love to get cozy for sure and sweatpants i've been watching a lot of horror movies again too okay, just that's vibing true. just ready for it anyway finished vanderpump rules oh all the way all mm -hmm. done how you feel like, what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> I started. Uh, Isn't the, there like 10 seasons or something crazy? Yes. Wow. And the episodes are like an hour long, 45 minutes long. 
and there's like 20 <laughs> per season yeah so Good joey job. and i watched <laughs> like um i don't even like a month's worth of them in like three months like a lot <laughs> fast but i don't think we're the only ones doing that i think a lot of people in america are doing that after the whole <sighs> scandal yeah so i started the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Feeling good about that. It's got Lisa Vanderpump on it. Oh, dang. So, it's good. <laughs> I love trash TV. I'm currently... Uh, so, I'm a Bachelor fan. I tried to get Joey and Taylor into it. I've been into it before. <laughs> last season And last season boring. was terrible of The Bachelor. Um, And this season so far is pretty okay. It's pretty good. She's real sweet. Um, but I have this thing when I'm watching the bachelor, I like want more bachelor as I'm waiting for the next episode. Mm -hmm. And so then I'll go back to old seasons that are available on Hulu. So I've been watching Caitlin's season and now I'm on the Isn't Caitlin's season with Nick Vile? Mm-hmm. It yeah, it's his, his podcast. It's his second round mm -hmm. on bachelor. So I already know she's not choosing him. I also know that she doesn't end up marrying either of these dudes because well, she's engaged now if you yeah. care <laughs> i think i knew that welcome to waking up the witch this is now pop culture <laughs> we like trash tv um yeah i i just it i just love having you on the background and like doing nothing i've just been really vibing on doing fucking nothing this week other than coming into work and we don't want to go outside so what else are you supposed to fucking no. do well, I, <clears throat> after being gone for so long too yeah. i'm just like and not able to be in your house yeah, at home. i just want to do nothing mm -hmm. i have no energy for anything <laughs> me neither but that's, that's been pretty consistent well do you ever got a bump date yep so um typically people have their anatomy scan at 20 weeks i am 24 weeks as of yesterday oh <laughs> so um but I have my anatomy scan today. But since I was without care for like a month, it's taken a while to get in. I'm sorry, heavy breathing. <laughs> Pregnancy. Um, it's taken a month to get in. And so I get to see my baby today. I'm really hoping to hear back from um, this house that I applied for. I wish they would even just tell me no. Like, tell me something. They will. They totally will. I guess. It I mean, is they're kind my of... property management company right now. <laughs> like, they have my information. I've contacted two of them already. And they were both like, okay, well, we'll get in touch with you Monday. So, Well, today's Monday. And so I called it's... them again and nobody answered. <laughs> so, Just tell me so I know what to do next. It's not like there's any other rentals that have popped up today. So, not much I can do. But... I would like to know. So um, um, those are like my two big things of the day. Baby can raise her eyebrows. <laughs> Apparently. That's an interesting fact. Let me pull up my thing. I love hearing each week what baby can do and has and does now. Uh, baby's lungs. The respiratory sacs at the tip of the smallest branch of the lungs are growing and multiplying. Adding more surface area for exchange for oxygen and carbon. Baby's finally getting some meat on her bones. Mm. And raising her eyebrows. 
and then it's like, okay, what are my symptoms? Rashes, spotting, mood swings, <laughs> shortness of breath, increased appetite, melasma, <laughs> which is like the darkening of your nipples and your mm. butthole and <laughs> all those things. Oh, did I talk about the queefing yet? I don't, I don't think know. so. Okay, so I've been feeling like air bubbles coming out of my vag. <laughs> Oh, I think you asked someone that. Who did we talk to? I feel like you asked someone that, but I don't know if it was here or not. I Googled <laughs> it and it's like, it's because your cervix is like doing oh, stuff. yeah. And so like it can be pushing air <laughs> down, but it's like such a weird feeling. <laughs> Again, like you're just like sitting there and like And I'm feeling... like, oh, here comes a, a coochie bubble. <laughs> It doesn't ever come like out in a fart noise, but it but definitely like it. can feel it. Um, and then this baby just <laughs> yes, technical term. And the baby just moving and kicking like crazy. And mm. now you know, before I was like, "Is she even in there?" Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, "Should she be moving that much? <laughs> is she okay?" <laughs> so I think I I'll like just worry this is forever. All... Well, yeah, that's motherhood pretty yeah, much. Like started constant anxiety and worry about keeping something alive. <laughs> I think that I'm cutting some people off in my life. Um, we should have an episode about that. I was kind of thinking about that recently. Yeah, cut off. I think it's really important. I think it happens more than um, people talk about, and like. You can feel really alone when that happens and really upset. I think that my standards are pretty, my standards of being my friend are high, but like maintaining a friendship are low. I don't, Mm. or my expectations, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like I don't expect that much from you. My best friend, I talk to her like, I don't know, every couple months, maybe. And it's just Mm. like a check-in. So Mm -hmm. like, I don't ask that much for my friendships, but like, you got to put in something. It's got to be a two-way road. And I'm just like, if you haven't asked me how I've been once since I've been pregnant, go fuck yourself. Mm -hmm. You don't care about me Mm -hmm. unless it's like serving you in some way. Mm -hmm. So definitely had friendships like that in the past. And when you realize it, it's kind of like, I can't do that anymore. And I can't let people like that be in my life. There's also some people that I did talk to regularly that since I got pregnant have just stopped talking to me. So it's like, Hmm. that's also awkward. And go fuck yourself. (laughs) I've also just been like, like my new thing is to just mute everybody on Instagram that's annoying me. That's, you good. Don't have to That's a good tool. Them. Really good tool. Super I smart. I don't know if she ever listens to this. Probably not. But one of my friends is pregnant. She's always like, I'm just feeling so good right now. I'm in the gym. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I just said, I'm about to not be friends with you. <laughs> Silence. I don't give a fuck. I don't want to know that you're doing great. Stop bragging about it. <laughs> That one's personal. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's how I'm feeling, I guess, today. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> I could just keep ranting, so. 
I feel like my brain has been melted for the past several weeks and it's hard to like just think clearly or care about a whole lot right now. Um, I just really want to be lazy nonstop. I got her address. Okay. So <clears throat> yeah, I've been good though. Same. Like went back to work this week, which felt really good and um, had a couple people who were just like so excited for me to get back who came in just to like see me just to like say hi and be like you're here and I just wanted to give you a hug and that made me feel really good and loved in this space so that was wonderful I got caught up on a lot of things there's still more things to catch up on of course um but yeah it's just been nice to be back here and start to kind of get into a routine again I don't know I just I really don't want to do anything oh I did my taxes (laughs) you did yeah, good job. Stupid. How do you feel? Bad. Oh, <laughs> do you owe a lot? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and I spent twenty six thousand dollars on my business last year, and I still owe fifteen grand. Oh my god! How? Because I don't know. Maybe because the lady was like a hundred and ten years old that did my taxes. <laughs> Probably not. But mm. sorry, that was ageist. <laughs> She was really cold, though. She's spicy today. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Yeah, that's that was the boat we were in a couple months ago. Freaking the fuck out about it. I'm not freaking out about Still it. I'm just glad it. that I turned it in because now I can apply for the maternity leave thing. Oh, I don't have to have paid okay. it, but I yeah. can like pay into that separately. That's good. So. That's smart. I don't have fifteen grand right now. I got to pay for my own maternity leave yeah. and like put it pay for my birth yeah. and put a deposit you make on the payments house. and shit though, right? Yeah, yeah. I never pay my taxes on time. I'm proud of you for getting them out of the way at least. Thanks. Yeah. It was a big hurdle. <laughs> you did it. You did it. You did the thing. It yeah. is a big, big hurdle. I hate taxes. So we're recording um, before. Our guest today because I have to go get my baby scan. Um, I'm excited for this conversation. Yeah, I've been looking at her Instagram. I haven't listened to her podcast yet, what I should have done. Um, But she talks about trauma a lot, so I think that there'll be a lot to her life story. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really good conversation, an important conversation, and one that many can relate to is just my intuition about it i definitely have watched her instagram for a little while and um yeah very excited for this conversation and she's another local lady to us which is neat so we met at witchy night grateful to connect with someone else here in the valley which is always good for us but Yeah. yeah i'm excited me too enjoy we'll begin by closing our eyes if you feel safe to or able to just taking a moment to notice how you feel in your body where there might be some stuck tension where things are feeling good and let's just take a couple deep breaths to breathe in to that energy breathing in and releasing (sighs) 
Taking another deep breath in. And exhale. This last one, the biggest one you've had all day, holding at the top. Hold. And exhale. I'd like to call in our higher selves to be here today, helping to guide us in this beautiful conversation. We'd like to welcome in any ancestors or guides wrapping us in love and protection, helping us to feel safe and held. Thank you for this opportunity to connect with another beautiful soul. Thank you for this day. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. I'm very excited today for our lovely guest, Erin. She is someone who we found through our social network here in Southern Oregon and also through Instagram. She's vulnerable and raw, and we're just so excited to have this conversation today. So thank you, Erin, for joining us and welcome. Thanks for having me. Can I just say, like, well, I just want to meditate with you guys. Can that just be the podcast <laughs> episode? I'm like, oh, yeah, anytime. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> just helps us to feel a little bit more in our bodies and in the present moment, I think. It's so nice. <laughs> Well, have you go ahead and introduce yourself and kind of tell us who you are and what you're about. Well, my name is Erin Fugate, and what am I about? <laughs> it's a different question, you know, because people ask, like, what do you do or what's your story or... Well, we want to know what that I'm too, currently but... about. <laughs> what I'm currently about is healing my fucking trauma, so my daughters mm-hmm. don't have to do the things that I did. Yeah, yeah, same. Oh, that makes me want to cry. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. So we like to be a storytelling platform for everybody. So if you want to kind of start from the beginning as early as you feel comfortable and then take us through your life, um, we'd love to hear your story. Yeah, thank you so much. So I was born to these parents who were, it was the 70s, right? And they were so fucking hip right? Like (laughs) they partied with Hunter S. Thompson. My dad wore like cowboy boots and Levi's and my mom was gorgeous. I thought everybody did white lines off your coffee table. Oh Mm -hmm. gosh. Well, they probably did in the (laughs) seventies. They did. Right. (laughs) They did. And at a certain point, my mom kind of wanted to move away from the extreme party lifestyle. And my dad was struggling with heroin addiction. So they separated. Where did you grow up? So I was born in Idaho. Mm -hmm. And then my mom moved us around. I lived in 11 different houses by the time I was 11. Yeah. Wow. We settled in Southern Oregon. 
on a cult. So I grew up on a spiritual commune mm. in the hills of Southern Oregon. Okay. But yeah, born in the potato state. All right. <laughs> state's born. <laughs> Idaho. Can you share um, the name of the cult or no? I can't for legal purposes, but it is okay. alive and well. Watch out. Mm, well, I'll Google it. <laughs> I can She's tell you a little investigator. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> wow. So what was that like? How old were you when you moved into the cult? I was about nine when my mom had her spiritual awakening, mm -hmm. you know, AKA psychotic break. Mm -hmm. She stopped doing drugs like cold turkey she didn't go with through any kind of therapy or recovery she just one day was like i'm done with the drugs and then the next day she started talking to spirits and having paranormal experiences my mom actually started the first psychic hotline and she oh, wasn't wow. like the she wasn't like fortune teller kind of psychic mm -hmm. hotline she was a psychic hotline where if you were having paranormal experiences and you couldn't understand them and you needed a guide that was the phone number that people called. And wow. she had advertisements. Okay. This was in uh, Santa Barbara, California. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she had advertisements in like the local newspapers and she spent a lot of her time just on the phone helping people figure out what was happening to them. And this one woman contacted her and this woman was um, a Christian. She was in her early 20s. She was married to a Los Angeles police officer. And she was like, the devil is coming to talk to me. Wow. I, I need help. So in her mind, the devil was visiting her and asking her to do things for her. And she found my mom's phone number. And through working with my mom, she decided that it wasn't the devil. It was actually an ascended spirit who wanted to use her body to channel, to bring his message to the planet. And hence, a cult was born. That's quite a flip. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was like my life totally <laughs> changed sense. with one phone call. You know, wow. this one woman called my mom and all of a sudden my mom was like fully engrossed in this spiritual community, which at first we thought it was beautiful and amazing. Yeah. We all thought that we were like, going to meditate our way to ascension. I didn't believe that I would see the age of 16 because I thought wow. it was going back to God. Wow. So would you say that your mom was one of the co-founders then technically? Technically. Yeah. Okay. All right. Ooh. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what else were the foundations of all of this? Like the belief system. Mm -hmm. It was, it was this, concept that I still actually believe elements of it. And it's that mm -hmm. we are all God. We mm -hmm. are all from source. And we come to this planet to experience life and to learn and to grow and kind of for that re-experience of going back to source. Like mm -hmm. when you just live yeah. with God, then you don't have any kind of contrast, but you come to earth and you get to play and you get to love and you get to dance and then there's this longing between you and the divine. And it's all about kind of getting back to that. Mm -hmm. So that was the main belief system. And this spirit had come back to earth 
because they had ascended and gone back to God, but realized that they couldn't go any further until all of humanity would wake up and mm-hmm. remember that they were God. Mm-hmm. And that was the whole purpose and the whole intention. And the idea was that for seven years, we were all going to meditate and expand our consciousness until then we would just ascend and realize we were God. But then seven years went by and nobody was ascending. And the leader of the cult became more and more narcissistic, started using drugs. There became a lot of abuse, financial abuse, spiritual abuse, sexual abuse. And it was kind of that thing that seems to happen. I mean, the story is so classic, spiritual teacher, guru, priest, like insert spiritual leader gets too much power and corruption follows. And the timeline never (laughs) happens. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever we're waiting for. (laughs) So I ended up staying, well, I stayed there until I was 16. They kicked me out because I started asking too many questions. Of course. And then I'm thrust into the world. So I had no education. You know, I was unschooled. I had no socializing. I thought like I was 16 and I was supposed to be ascended and going back to God. So I was dealing with my whole life has been a lie. They throw me out into the world. They paid for an apartment for six months and they were basically like, good luck. Wow. Whoa. And I got into so much trouble. I got into so much trouble, like drinking. I started dating a gang member. I... I just experienced like a crash course into humanity <laughs> and life. Yeah. And I got to this point where I, because I was just, I had no like a uh, spidey sense when it came to people. Yeah. And I ended up involved in this gang and I didn't know I was involved in a gang. And every time I'd leave my house, I would be jumped by these girls. Oh my gosh. And so it actually got to the point where I was like, I can't, I'm not safe anywhere else but the spiritual commune. So I kind of hightailed it back there. Yeah, you had no choice. I had no choice. I was like, whoa, the world is crazy and scary. And I just want to go back because it was kind of idyllic. Like I grew up on a 180 acre ranch up in the mountains of Southern Oregon. I mean, you know how beautiful, like my days were spent talking to fairies in the forest and taking goats on walks through the mountains and riding horses. And sure, there was a little bit of spiritual abuse, but whatever, like get past that. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And I, I went back and I ju- it just never sat right. I was argumentative. I was rebellious. And the leader and I came to a breaking point where I finally decided uh, quite a few years later, I was away from the commune for two years. I came back and I was there for almost another two years before I finally went. This is shit. This is wrong. I have to get out of here. But my mom was still there. And so I also felt like I needed to extricate her and convince her that it was a, a bad place, which took a little bit of time. And then because I didn't 
get into like therapy because I didn't start my healing journey. I just thought that I could get a job, go to school, like go get a college degree, kind of figure it out. And I would be healed because I didn't actually dig into all the trauma. Very shortly after leaving the cult, I met a extremely charismatic, beautiful, smart, funny man that everybody loved. I thought I'd hit the jackpot. Mm. And within three months of dating, he started beating me. Oh. And so I just ended up right back into this abusive situation, but way more intense. Gosh. And from there, that's when my relationship with God became severed because I was like, A, you lied to me. You're supposed to come and take me away from this world. And B, you let me get into this relation. You let this man like hurt your precious daughter. And I was like, F you, God. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. No way. And I did escape from that relationship. But from there, it was like more drugs, more alcohol, more abuse, lots of promiscuous sex. It basically had no value for my life and no trust in humanity. And I just went and railed on myself for a good 12 years after that until I yeah. had my moment where I finally went, okay, maybe I'm worth more. Maybe I'm worth healing. Ooh. Yeah, that's a lot. What um, what kind of brought that realization on for you? What helped you see that you were worthy? Well, I was hitting my rock bottom. So I was mm -hmm. using methamphetamines. I was addicted to Vicodin. I was drinking every day. I was living out of my car. I couldn't keep a relationship. I felt like completely alone. I had no friends. I was calling my mom every month asking for money to help me pay rent. And inside there was like this little tiny voice that just kept saying, you're meant for more. Mm. I wanted to be a mom so bad. Mm. I wanted to fall in love. Like I want, I knew my soulmate was out there. Mm -hmm. I wanted to take care of my mom. Mm -hmm. And so it was just this following of that little tiny voice. And I also could see my future. If I continued down this path, mm. yeah, death was around the corner. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was just one of those wake up moments where I was like, okay, I'm done. No more. Wow. Cold turkey. Yeah. Okay. What did that look like? Like, what's that next step look like? Okay, so I was, yeah, I was at this point where I was just partying all the time. And I was living in L.A. And I decided I'm going to drive my truck, which had all my belongings in it anyways, because I didn't have an apartment. And I'm going to go to my mom's house. And I just showed up on her front stoop. And I was like, I didn't tell her what was going on, but she could kind of see. Mm-hmm. I told her that I just, I wanted to, to get out of LA. I wanted to change. And could I come live with her for a little while? And so I got some good mom love. And my mm. mom, she's not alive anymore, but she is such an incredible, amazing healer. 
and so powerful and so amazing. So there was lots Mm -hmm. of like tarot card readings and (laughs) essential oils all over my body and feeding me vegetables and Mm -hmm. just kind of nursing me back to health. And I started going to a yoga studio and I just, it was one of those yoga classes where the teacher was very open and welcoming. It was like, pay what you can. Mm. And I would, I would end up on the yoga mat, even if I was cracked out, even if I was like still partying because cold Turkey kind of looked more like I'm going to stop. Whoops. Ended up in the club Mm -hmm. again. I'm Mm going to stop. Oh, drank a little too much last night. Yep. But every day I would just show up on the yoga mat, no matter my state. And in, I was so depressed. I was so upset. I've hated my life, was miserable. And there was two moments that were extremely transformational for me. Actually three. The first one was they had this party at the, like kind of a fair, you know, lots of different um, tables set up and practitioners. And there was this man who was doing angel readings And he was kind of way in the back behind a curtain and he had a long line, like everybody wanted an angel reading from him. And at that time I was really skeptical too. I was like, these hippies Mm -hmm. are so fucking stupid. Like this (laughs) bullshit, like come on. I'll do some yoga. (laughs) Like I'll own, but get away with me with your angels. (laughs) and so I walked into the studio and I'm like looking around kind of assessing the situation you know as trauma survivors we kind of always look around what's happening who's here am I safe and the angel reading dude ran out of his little space and he said you and I was like what (laughs) he's like come here right now what and I like I get chills thinking about it and so I'm like I walk over to him all these people are mad at me right because they're like (laughs) (laughs) and I go into his little den and he's like your angels are screaming at you Mm -hmm. they want they want to help you and you won't let them and he's like I'm sorry to intrude but I can't help these people because your angels are like yelling at me loud loud And that was just, that kind of like cracked me open a little bit. Like, is that real? What's happening? And from there, when I was in my yoga class during Shavasana, and Shavasana is when you lay down in the corpse pose, I kind of started to pray. Like, I definitely didn't call it praying, but I just Mm -hmm. started asking for guidance. I wanted to change my life. I wanted to do something different. And in this one Shavasana, I heard this voice say very clearly, you have to teach. Mm. And I was like, what am I going to teach? Like, <laughs> Teach what? <laughs> <laughs> like how to buy drugs? <laughs> like, yeah, you, got, you must be wrong. I don't have anything to teach. My life is a mess. I can't. Mm-hmm. But I think because of the spiritual foundation my mom had given me, I knew that if you pray, if you ask for guidance and you get an answer, mm-hmm. Like, you have to follow that. You just have to say yes. You don't have to figure it out, but you have to say yes. So I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to teach, but send me the signs. I'm open. I'm receptive. Mm. And within a few days of that situation, I walked out of yet another yoga class, and this man came up to me, and he was like, I hear you have an essential oil, mom. 
and that you love essential oils. I was like, yep, that's my mom, <laughs> my crazy <laughs> essential oil mom. And he he's like, well, I, I want to tell you about these essential oils and this essential oil company that I'm a part of. And they're looking for teachers. And it was like that Whoa. bing, 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 bing. Um, I <laughs> lean in like teachers. Oh. <laughs> I knew about essential oils. Like I had been raised from mm -hmm. a very young age with essential oils. And he just started to talk to me about how I could have this career as an essential oil educator. And he opened a bottle and it was this blend. And I took an inhale of that blend and it was like every cell of my body woke up. Mm. And I didn't care what he was saying. I didn't <laughs> need to figure anything out. I was just like, sign me up. Like, where do I sign? Where do I sign I up? feel it. <laughs> um, and that started a healing and a transformation. I used the oils to get off the drugs. I used the oils to heal wow. my brain. I still use the oil. Like, they're sitting in front of me right now. Mm -hmm. And it just took me on this journey of healing and reconnecting to my spiritual gifts and healing my relationship with the divine. Mm. So yeah, that kind of brings us to well, kind of today. There's a lot more in there. You said you have kids now. You finally had your babies like how did you get to that point okay so this story i'm telling you about the oils and getting off drugs that was 15 years ago okay and i was in this place in my life where i knew i wanted to heal but i also wanted right livelihood i had a lot of judgment and shame around the fact that i had no education i had dropped out of college after that abusive relationship like my brain couldn't handle being in college and I had this voice that was like you're never going to be anything but mm. you could you can work in food service like that's it but I really wanted more purpose I really wanted a career I wanted to own my own business and so I just poured everything into building my essential oil business and I was extremely successful at that. I reached um, the top rank in the company, like top 1%. I hit six figures a year, like 10 years ago. Yet, I was completely alone. I was totally sad. I was totally isolated. Mm -hmm. I was not taking care of my health. I was living in a three-bedroom house with no furniture in it. Wow. And I just was like a workaholic. Like it just mm -hmm. poured everything into creating this business because it was like my lifeline. Like if I could just be successful, financially <laughs> secure and successful, then everything would be okay. Mm. And I was in a relationship with a man for four or five years and it was just kind of vanilla. Like mm -hmm. he wasn't the one. I knew he wasn't the one, but he was super mm -hmm. safe. And we came to this place where we were like, oh, we're not supposed to be together, are we? And we kind of mm. gave each other a hug and Aww. I moved out and that was it. <laughs> and in that moment, I was like, okay, I am not going to get into another relationship until it's the one. Mm. And in order to call the one in, I'm going to have to get really clear on who that is. 
So I sat down and I made a list, right? We are big believers of the calling in the one list. I think if you write it down, it usually comes within three weeks to three months. (laughs) I think it's like mine took a couple years, but it it (laughs) happened. (laughs) Don't write it down if you don't want it because it's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Also, be very specific. (laughs) Yeah. Like write down there everything: hair color, eye color, height be specific because <laughs> they could show up and have everything except for what you wrote down <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and at this point i'd done a few of those lists so i had mm-hmm. learned a lot of those lessons yeah you and start I was to learn what you don't want <laughs> i was like must have a car <laughs> yeah <laughs> specific the little things that we just don't think about must little have things. a job yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> And I think I was also really unattached. Like I, I, I didn't want him right then and there. I was just out of a long-term relationship. I just wanted the universe. I wanted to proclaim to the universe that I was no longer up for the losers and the zeros. That when he was ready, this is who I wanted. And I'm a big, um, I'm really passionate about law of attraction and manifestation. Mm -hmm. Abraham Hicks is like one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. And so I had this moment within a couple of days where I was like, oh, shit, he's manifesting me, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I could feel it. I could feel us like. <laughs> that practical yeah, pl- magic moment. <laughs> oh, it was crazy. I prayed for you, oh, too. Like, oh. <laughs> and so I think, like you said, about seven, seven to 14 days after I wrote that list. Mm-hmm. I was at a potluck and this man walked into the room. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and we locked eyes and I was like, whoa. Ew. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> um oh. it did take a little while for us to like figure out that he really was, you know, we really were connected. Um mm-hmm. but once we figured it out, it was like on. It was so that's it. And so we have been together for 10 years now, married for mm-hmm. seven, mm-hmm. and he's nine Congrats. years younger than me. Okay. So I was kind of like, I don't know if I can have babies. <laughs> like, I'm getting mm-hmm. old. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I want to be a dad. I was like, yeah, let's give it a try. So I birthed my first at 40 and my second at 43. Wow. Yeah. At Yay. home. Totally Yay. healthy. Everything's great. <laughs> So yeah, I have a almost six year old and a three year old now. That's amazing. I'm gonna cry. I'm but... totally crying. <laughs> I love love. Me too. <laughs> oh, I love that so much for you. So, what does life look like now? Like life with kids, the, business, and how yeah, are you raising your children? Part. Different. This is the hardest, like, this is the fire. I'm walking through the fire of my life right now. Mm. You know, up until getting married and having babies, I thought I was good. I had a successful career. I was in therapy. I healed a lot of my addictions. My body was healthy. My mind was healthy. And then that first baby came earthside and I held her in my arms and all I could think about was my parents and like 
Mm-hmm. You guys fucking did drugs and you had one of these. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> wow. You, you left me for drugs and you had one of yeah. these. Oh. And it was like so much grief and so much pain and so much letting go of these, this crust that I had built around yeah. my heart to protect me from that wound. And so I started my real healing journey. Yeah. I started my real healing journey. Uh, and it is so hard. Get ready, Taylor. <laughs> some, so many goosebumps and feelings yeah. right now. Oh, yeah, I mean, just nobody like, can really prepare you for what you're going to feel when you see that baby. It's got to be just like yeah. re-triggering in some ways, I'm sure. And like opening up like a whole nother level of vulnerability that you didn't realize you had closed off up until then. I'm sure there was just so many things coming forward where now you're a mom and yeah, just the healing too, to the generational healing. I imagine like reparenting yourself through parenting the way that you wish you were like, or the love you wish you would have received. So oh, then yeah, it's cool. Three, I basically have get three kids. Look. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool because you get to like see maybe how you kind of could have turned out if you would have had like what you think a small person deserves. That's why. Yeah. I'm I think one of the biggest things I see is how sensitive and gifted my lineage is. Like, mm-hmm. We are healers, we are psychics, we are witches, we are Mm -hmm. midwives, and it's so thick in the bloodline. Mm -hmm. But when I was a little girl, nobody taught me about my gifts. Nobody Mm -hmm. taught me how sensitive I was. Instead, I was taught how to put on this hard exterior so I could weather life. Yes. And, you know, my my little girl, my five-year-old, Emma, she she comes up to me and she gives me Reiki. She just mm. intuitively knows, you know, so how to do it. She, she talks to plants. She talks to animals. And it's like, oh, I just want to give you all the tools <laughs> that you need so you can live in this world. Um, but it's crazy. Most recently, what's been coming up is like, oh, I can't send them to public school. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not a homeschool mom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what are you going to do? Because I feel that too. Like, besides just that's not how I learned right. Like, uh, that's not, I don't learn that way. And Mm -hmm. then it's not safe. And there's just so many things. Like, what are you going to do? Right now I'm obsessed with learning about unschooling. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's kind of where I'm headed, which is homeschooling but it's very child-led which I already see my daughters being like that you know it's what do you want to learn about okay you want to learn about taking care of cats let's go get you volunteering at the shelter let's get you some foster kittens you want to dance okay let's find dance teachers cool so I don't know right now they're in a really cool Montessori preschool kindergarten Love and that's that. awesome but it costs a mortgage so yeah <laughs> make more yeah. money i'm gonna make more money so i can pay for that 
but I know that I'm not I'm not sending them to public school. That is not where I'm going to put these mm-hmm. little delicate bright lights. Well, and maybe that used to work like mm-hmm. when you got a degree and you could get a job and like succeed in the world. But none of that. That's not how the world's working right it's now. It's changing. It's shifting. Also, with the Internet, like if if your main goal is money, like. This is the best time to get rich off of literally anything you want. Literally. Like silly stuff, fun stuff, artsy stuff, whatever. Like you don't have to know math (laughs) all the way through. I don't even know math stuff (laughs) to be successful. I also feel like I'm learning with them. Like we both need to learn. It's not just... That they need to go learn their ABCs or whatever. Like, we need mm-hmm. to learn how to exist in this world and thrive mm-hmm. in this world and be in community and be self-sufficient. Be empathetic and compassionate. I love that. Is there anything else that you want to share about, like, where you're at and your life story at this point? Yeah, well, it feels like we have this theme of motherhood coming up. Mm-hmm. And my birth experience with both the girls were extremely important to my spiritual path and I would love to hear that yes so with Emma my firstborn she was really late and I was planning a home birth and the midwife was like we have 24 hours before I have to transfer care you know like I went right to 43 weeks wow and I had to sign (laughs) I decided <laughs> it was crazy. It was so crazy because there's this moment where she's like, most women would go to the hospital now. Mm-hmm. You can stay. We can keep doing this. I'm here for you, but you have to make the decision. And I actually had to sign a piece of paper that was like, I relinquish responsibility mm-hmm. for the choice because it became a little iffy. And It was a moment for me where I got so clear with my internal power as goddess, Mm. as mother. And I was like, I'm not going to the hospital. And I signed that release and went into labor very shortly after. Mm. But my labor with her was long and grueling. And I was in labor for over 24 hours and pushing for four hours. Mm -hmm. And we came to this moment where my midwife was like, if you don't get her out on this next push, like there just isn't an option. Like she has to come out on this next push because there was like merconium and it had been too long. And so my midwife goes, call on whatever it is that you believe in because you need help and you need support. Mm -hmm. And I was like, the goddess. Like, I haven't called the goddess into this birth. I ha- yes. And I I went like, goddess, please, divine mother, please give me the strength. Take over my body, whatever we need to do to get this baby out. And I invoked her, and I kid you not, on the next contraction and the next push, she came out. Wow. Ah. <laughs> so, mama. <Crazy. laughs> yes. Call, call, her, call her in. And that was such a powerful lesson for me in that moment was like, why do I go through life 
without asking for that support. It's that same lesson from the angel reading. The support is all around us. Our guides, whatever it is that you connect to and you touch with, like they're just waiting and they can't help if you don't ask them. Mm. Yes. And so that, that was so cool. It's so like, and that was the funniest thing. I went exhausted, like in the final hours. And I'm like, I didn't even ask the goddess to be in my birth room. Like, this is so silly. And then to feel her like fully come into my body and just collie that baby out. It was amazing. Wow. That's powerful. So fantastic. And then with my second, I was like, I really want a free birth. Have y'all looked into free birth? Yes, I've heard about it. But I was like, I didn't really want a free birth. You know, like <laughs> I still am gonna have my midwife. I'm 43 years old. Come on. But I really wanted to know that I could do this on my own. And I also Ooh. really wanted, like, there's a aspect with your partner, if you're open to it and they're open to it, where birth can be extremely sensual mm-hmm. and very sexy and orgasmic mm-hmm. and all those things. So I was like, I really just want like no intervention. I really don't want the midwife there until the last minute. And so that was kind of my intention and my meditation and my calling through all of this. And um, the night I went into labor, I kept waking up to pee. I was like, I have to pee. Gosh, I have to pee so much. And around 5 a.m. I went, oh, that's not it's not pee. That's a contraction. And I looked into the toilet and um, bloody show was there. So mm-hmm. I was in labor. Wow. And um, so that's around 5 a.m. I tried to sleep a little bit longer. By 7 a.m., I woke up my husband. I called my midwife. I was like, oh, we're having a baby today. <laughs> and, you know, with your second baby, nobody's very alarmed. So my husband woke up and he was like making breakfast. My other baby was still asleep in her room. And I was like, I'm going to take a shower, you know, get ready for this. And I went, this is kind of graphic, but I'm sorry. Go <laughs> ahead. We're, we're here for it. <laughs> I was like, I have to poop. Yeah. I really want to get like, I want to get my poop done before the midwife shows up. Yeah. It's not fun to have, yeah. like, you know, that happening. <laughs> so by now it's like 730. I'm sitting on the toilet. I'm like, it's really hard to poop in between contractions. Oh, God. Like, you got to time <laughs> the push. Like, <laughs> was this weird, like, oh, okay, contraction, don't poop. Okay, poop. <laughs> and then I, I had this thought. I was like, maybe that's not poop. And I reached yeah. my hand down, and her head was there. Oh, ah! my God. <laughs> I was like, honey, there's a baby head coming out of my vagina. <laughs> And so I like make this move to like jump off the toilet and make it to the carpet. So she has a soft landing and my husband runs from the kitchen into the bathroom and like catches her like a football star. Wow. So so it's 745. Oh, yeah. And we had a baby in our arms. Is the midwife there yet? Midwife's not there. Oh, my God. The other child is not awake. (laughs) My husband and I did not get to have any sexy time. There was not any time for that. (laughs) I had to tear up the carpet because we ruined the carpet. But I got that feeling of like, yeah, you can birth your baby on your own. Like Mm -hmm. your body knows what to do. 
when you're connected to the goddess and you have all that flowing it's absolutely yeah and this time possible. you had her so, you're like girl come in <laughs> yeah. how far along were you at this point with olivia it was still went a little bit over not all the way to 43 weeks i think it was like 41 weeks awesome Yep, that's fabulous. Cool. <laughs> I hear the second one just kind of pops out. <laughs> one of the things I did to like help pop her out, just pass on mm-hmm. to you, is I had this mantra in my head that said, every contraction is bringing me closer to holding my baby. Mm-hmm. So instead mm-hmm. of it being like, oh, that's painful, I'm going to run away from it, it was mm-hmm. like going into it. And then I imagined my cervix being this big flower that was just like opening and opening and mm-hmm. opening. Love that. This is going to be a powerful birth, mm-hmm. Taylor. I'm excited. <laughs> I got a midwife. We're doing a home birth. And I don't know anything. So it's <laughs> nice to hear. I keep so asking exciting. all my clients their birth stories. And then I listen to like the birth hour podcast and the anime books and just love reading about all the like none of them are ever the same ever Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. even with the same person Mm -hmm. so you're gonna have the birth that you have to have to make you the mother you need to be love that put that on a (laughs) t-shirt i'm excited for that i would have a million babies if i could you what Mm. i'm excited for the birth part i don't like being pregnant though (laughs) oh the birth is my favorite i would give birth over and over and over again a lot of people say that which is crazy because they make it sound so scary and like painful and like you need all this medical stuff and then you talk to people that have had natural births and they're like it's like the highest you've ever been in your life (laughs) oh it is i like i totally felt like i was on ecstasy the whole time Mm -hmm. i'd be sitting on the toilet my midwife would be like talking to me and i'd be like I feel like I'm rolling right now. This is so <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Tight. Yeah, who needs drugs when you nature's drugs in your yeah. brain? Yeah. How incredible. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Thank yeah, you for sharing welcome. all of that. Yeah. Just being so open and vulnerable. And yeah, I'm just really grateful to hear from you and very grateful that you're still here with us to Mm -hmm. share your story. I'm sure it's impacting so many others who you get to connect with and giving hope to so many and helping them to feel empowered no matter what we're going through, how we could just really take control over our lives and flip it on its head and create the life that we desire when we know and feel that we deserve more Mm -hmm. so I'm proud of you and grateful so you have a podcast as well correct I do I have a podcast it's called Jasmine and Juniper so it's all about healing abuse my journey through healing abuse, I talk to empowered survivors because they are amazing warriors with so much wisdom. Mm. And we look at different healing modalities. I definitely don't believe that therapy or recovery or 12 step is the only way. Yeah. You know, there are so many ways to heal. And yeah, I love podcasting. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. How long have you been doing your podcast? 
I started my podcast in 2020 Mm -hmm. because in 2019, I shared my story on a stage to 30,000 people. Wow. Wow. And it was so incredible and so healing, so frightening. I stepped off the stage, conceived my child that night. Mm. And then the pandemic happened. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to I wanted to kind of parlay that speaking engagement into a speaking career. And I was going to actually fly to China and give my speech. And yeah, then the pandemic happened. <laughs> it was like, and I'm pregnant. Wow. Pregnant Definitely not going pandemic. to China. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and I had hired a coach to help me with my speaking career. And on our first coaching call, we were kind of like, well, this isn't the best time to launch a speaking <laughs> career. <laughs> and so she was like, I think you should start a podcast. You can just practice sharing your stories and kind of getting used to it. And when I first started the podcast, it was called vision led leadership. And Mm -hmm. I focused on entrepreneurship and interviewing entrepreneurs. And I was kind of like, uh, here or there with it. You know, I would Mm -hmm. record an episode, then I wouldn't for a few weeks. And at some point I was like, nope, I'm going to record every week. And there started to be this theme coming out, which was addiction and abuse and more about Mm -hmm. my personal story. And there was a certain moment about six or seven months ago where I was like, I'm just going to do it. Like, I'm just going to talk about healing from abuse. Mm. And I recorded an episode where I shared my domestic violence story. Mm -hmm. And the feedback that I got was so amazing. And every time I have these moments where I'm like, I'm going to shut my podcast down because I don't know, (laughs) like. What like what's what is really happening? I'm I'm a mom. I'm busy, and every time I do that, the universe sends me someone that tells me that their podcast that my podcast has changed their life. Mm. That they listen every week, and that I'm helping them through their journey. And mm. it's just like, you know, the universe, the divine is like, no, yeah, do not <laughs> Don't cancel <do> that. this. <laughs> like, People keep need going. It. Just keep going. So yeah, I guess I'm going on three years and 77 episode 77 just happened. I have about a hundred weekly listeners, which sometimes I'm like, well, that's not much, (laughs) but then I'm like, no, that's a hundred people, like a hundred people are tuning in and listening. Desensitized to that. Yeah. Because of social media. Yeah. (laughs) That's a hundred people who need that. Yeah. Imagine (laughs) if you're talking to all of them in a room. That's a lot of people. <laughs> Talk to That's what I have to remind myself of all the time. Like, mm-hmm. no, you know, this, this is perfect and it's growing. I struggle with um, being consistent on social media. Mm-hmm. I think you do great. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks. I have, I, because I'm, because I'm a trauma survivor, I will go into shame spirals. You know, mm-hmm. I'll share, mm-hmm. like recently I started sharing my domestic violence story on TikTok Mm-hmm. And I didn't get through it. I still have to record a couple more version. Like, uh, you know, I'm doing it in multiple parts. But I start sharing it and then I get scared that he's going to find me. Oh. Um, and so then I go dark for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And I'm still trying to find that way of how can I show up every day and be consistent and call my people in, but take care of myself. 
And so I really just have got given myself permission lately. Like if I go dark, I go dark. And that's okay. Yeah. You could also <laughs> use one of those like lemon filters and just have your face be a lemon. <laughs> just tell your story <laughs> without showing your lemon. face. <laughs> Change your voice and just tell it that way. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure to perform too on social media and like especially when you have a message that you want to get out um, and you want to reach people and you do want to help people when you're coming from that place. But all we have to do is answer to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if it at the end of the day, if it's helping you to heal and to feel better and work through that, then that's really all that matters because at the end of the day, it has to be for you you know, as, as helpful as it can be for other people. If it's not safe for you, then it's not helpful because then you can't be there for mm-hmm. other people. It has to come from a place of healing for yourself. And it's different for everybody. I was a part of a, an, uh, some like an, a, with an abuser, um, like sexual abuse as a minor, but it also panned out to a bunch of other young women. Mm-hmm. And it was like a famous person, kind of famous and they were all like feeling so relieved and like it's so worth it just share your story and like my experience was not the same like I never felt good about sharing my story Mm -hmm. it still gives me knots in my stomach Mm -hmm. when I think about it and I think that it's different for everybody I feel I mean this is probably something I need to work on but like more shame after sharing and like less good about the situation so i try to not even think about it i think i need therapy (laughs) but it's yeah it's so different for everybody all those other women were like felt so empowered by that and i just didn't yeah oh yeah definitely i mean every time i share parts of my story there's a whole new level of shame Mm -hmm. that even though you didn't do anything right like why are we the ones feeling the shame and the guilt it's bullshit. Yeah. I mean, one of my biggest ones is like, oh, well, you were only abused for three months. So you don't get to complain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, it could have been like, so much worse. You only need to be abused yeah. once. Yeah. One, three seconds. Yeah. I mean, literally, it doesn't, there's no like time limit or frame on that. No. Abuse is abuse and trauma is trauma. It can mm-hmm. be big or little, it's still traumatic. Mm hmm. And all women, all women are holding on to generational abuse. Hell yeah, we are. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what do you think are some of the biggest takeaways from your podcast and like things that you have learned about like healing and trauma since doing it? I have learned that it's extremely healing to share your story and also how difficult that can be. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I have guests on sometimes where they've never, this is the first time they're sharing their story on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I just love being that space for them to allow them to speak and say whatever they want to say and just get it out of them. Mm-hmm. But I also see how fortunate we are when survivors have done enough healing where they can share their story. Yeah. Because we learn so much. I believe we need to listen to survivors. I think the reason that we still have a lot of these atrocities is people are trying to fix things like rape or domestic violence or human trafficking without actually listening to a survivor. 
Yeah. And so many survivors, their mouths are taped shut and they're like scared and they don't want to share. And so creating that like safe space, giving them the tools that they need so that they can share their story where society is going to benefit from that. Mm. I do believe and feel that podcasting to me is the safest place to do that because when you are using social media and any of the platforms, you can uh, automatically, you get all these comments and everybody's saying stuff to you about it. But if you put it out on a podcast, it's first of all coming from your voice, which sounds way more vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess you could use your face and voice on whatever. And, but like, you don't have to hear all the comments coming back. People can talk shit about you behind your back, but like, you don't have to really hear about it. Mm -hmm. So it feels safer to me. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. So do you have any offerings that you want to talk about that you offer for the community? (laughs) Yeah. So I have created a free guide called Be Your Own Damn Savior. And Mm. it's a workbook and a couple of videos where I just talk through what we were all talking about. Like, Mm -hmm. if you want to change your life, you can. And you get to create the life that you deserve. But it does require that you step into that role of, I'm going to save myself. I'm going to step up and take ownership of my healing. I'm going to manifest the life that I deserve. So that's totally free. You can go grab it at jasmineandjuniper.com forward slash connect. And if you're in Southern Oregon, I have a networking group that is awesome. And I hope y'all come. We do it Mm -hmm. at Pascal's Winery on third Thursdays at 5.30 p.m. And it's female visionaries, entrepreneurs, business owners, however you identify in the world of like leadership, whether you own a business or you're an employee who walks into your work as though you own the business, then you belong (laughs) at this networking group. I've been meaning to go to that. I didn't know you were the one that hosted that, yeah, actually. I didn't know we that either. We have wanted to go. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So it was started by my friend Lauren, and um, recently I've taken over leader the leadership role of that. And, <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. It is a good, good gathering of women. And we love Pascal's. <laughs> mm-hmm. I liked it more when I could drink wine, but <laughs> well, soon. No, I still like it. <laughs> So we have a mocktail every month at our event. Perfect. So you can have a mocktail. Yes. We need to do that for witchy night. Mm -hmm. For me. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Amazing. Love that. Should we do, is there anything else you'd like to add before we start wrapping up and pulling cards? Nope. I don't think so. I feel like the goddess deck. Yeah. I was kind of feeling (laughs) that too. And she was talking about the goddess. Hold on. I'll go grab it. (laughs) Obviously. I love what midwife did you use? Um, Laura Rowe was my maid midwife, and then Vige was the assistant. Who are you going with? Um, Misha. Uh, I don't Artemis. know her. Cool. Though. She's great. I should pull. Okay. I got my going to do my anatomy scan right after this how many weeks are you right now 24 so i should have already done it but 
I didn't have to care for a minute because some drama. midwife drama. <laughs> okay. I I hardly did any. Um, what are those called? Ultrasounds. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't plan on doing many, but I had a couple scares, so I've mm-hmm. had. I wasn't gonna do any until my twenty week, but um, I had like bleeding and like blood yeah. clots and stuff. I definitely had to do one when I was going to 43 weeks. <laughs> We'd make well, sure yeah. there's His fluid the left. And, there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm going to shuffle these and then maybe I'll just have you say stop whenever you feel like it. Okay. Okay. Okay, this one says the goddess Covenita, purification. It's time for a cleansing, detoxification of your body and mind. Mm. Perfect new Always. moon energy mm-hmm. <laughs> in Cancer. Message from Covenita. This message comes as a help and not as an affront or a criticism. Your vessel has become clogged by overuse of harsh chemicals. The offending source is within your psyche. You've been ignoring your body's many signals and screams for relief from the steady ingestion of impurities. Perhaps you've also noticed a slump in your energy level and your degree of joy has lagged as well. Never mind these past effects, though, as the solution is at hand right now. Now that you've heard this message, do not hesitate for even a moment to make new arrangements. You'll want to keep a sharp focus on the contents of your mind and speech as well, for the words you think and speak are the very diet that supports and thwarts you. Choose purity, and I promise you change. I promise you a changed outlook for the better. Various meanings of this card. Follow your intuition's guidance about making lifestyle changes. Stop abusing drugs or alcohol. Avoid processed foods such as sugar, white flour, and so on. Eat more organic. Keep your thoughts and speech positive. Adopt a vegetarian or vegan diet. And go on a faster detox. I don't really agree with those ones, but... <laughs> um. I agree with some of them. (laughs) That was one of the things that I did when I was getting off drugs, just for anybody who's listening that's trying to like cleanse their body. I actually did a um, quarterly cleanse every year for like a good six or seven years, really until I got pregnant. And then you can't cleanse when you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm a... Yeah, big believer in regular cleansing, not fasting. I'm not talking about yeah. fasting. I'm just talking about using herbs and plants yeah. and mm-hmm. cleansing stuff out. I think that it's great to eat vegan and vegetarian, but I've done that for most of my life and I'm working really hard to incorporate like healthy animal proteins. The more mm-hmm. we talk to like different dietitians and people like that on the podcast and Same. just in yeah. your pregnancy yeah. Like you're really need those things. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ignore that part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to think- me, I think it says, stop watching so much reality TV. <laughs> but I can't because I'm tired. 
I think that's it's really fascinating card for the conversations we've been having today yeah. too on mm-hmm. this podcast and just a good reminder to be mindful of what we are consuming whether it is physically through nutrition or you know through social media or the news or whatever mm-hmm. you know making sure that we're not getting sucked into garbage too agree. frequently <laughs> I agree so yeah. we have two questions we like to ask all of our guests before we head out and I'll let Amber start um, so our first question is what is something that you just can't live without for self-care for yourself Besides essential oils. I was going to say. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) Let's let's think of something else. Um, It would be nature. Like Mm -hmm. I am a big fan of grounding, you know, putting my feet out Mm -hmm. on the ground, Mm -hmm. eyes to the sun, moon bathing. I absolutely love that. Jumping in the river, whatever the season calls for, you know, right Mm -hmm. now it's prime river, lake, creek time. Mm -hmm. But I have to have nature and trees and Mm -hmm. same and then if you could tell your younger self one thing what would it be and it can be any younger version of yourself from birth till now I think I would go to myself in my loneliest times and just tell her that it's not going to be like that forever love that that makes me emotional thank you Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank this you. Thank great. you. Um, if people want to connect with you and reach out to you, what is the best way for people to find you? Yeah. I hang out on Instagram, Jasmine and Juniper Living. And then my website, jasmineandjuniper.com, links you to all the stuff. Wonderful. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah, we're so grateful for today. Thank you for your time and sharing your story and being vulnerable. It's a beautiful one. We're mm-hmm. very grateful. <laughs> yeah, thank you both so much. It was a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Now, wait just a moment. I mean, oh, we have to ha- we have to say our oh, self-care thing. Fuck. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> okay. Go jump in a creek. Mm. Drink some tea. Mhm. Mm. Oh, call on your spirit guides. Yes. Mm. Um, do your new moon ritual or your full moon. Invoke the goddess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, wash your house with essential oils and plants. Yes. Beautiful. Love Amazing. it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Find us on TikTok and Instagram at Waking Up the Witch. Please email us your witchy stories, ghost stories, corrections, and advice questions to wakingupthewitch at gmail.com. Love you. Love you.